Okay, let's uh, let's begin this um, early version of uh, Parsha's Bow, but since we already uh, started yesterday's Mincha, uh, <coughs> laning uh, Parsha's Bow and the uh, being Maver Sedra, this is already, as the Gemara says in Brachas, Lolam Yashlam Parshiosa Vimatsibur, and this is already a Matsibur the entire week, so uh, I think we could be Yotzezayn uh, having the Shear on Parsha's Bow tonight, especially because I'm not going to be around on Hashem uh, later in the week. Okay, uh, I hope Hashem next week I'm going to Hashem try... I'm getting back Wednesday afternoon, so my guess is not Wednesday night, but let's shoot for Thursday night. Next week, Thursday night uh, shear here, uh, 8.45, Parshas B'Shalach. Can't, can't, miss, uh, can't miss that one, so I can't miss any. But uh, as I said, we'll have uh, Hashem next week, Thursday night. If something changes, we'll uh, let everybody know. Okay. Baruch Hashem. By the way, this is a testament to uh, the, early, the early notice, and we still, uh, still have, uh, have uh, the Tzibur Tzmei in Torah. Okay. This is the Parsha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, um, the uh, birth, the beginning of the birth, as we spoke about last week, the birth of our nation. Let's just start off with a thought related to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in general. Based on a Pasuk in the Parsha, but a fascinating, um, fascinating uh, ha'ara of one of the less-known achronim. There is a, uh, no, at the end of Meseches Harios, the end of Nezikin, there are, are a number of little Mesechtas that are appear in the back of the Gemara. Meseches Smachos, Meseches Kala, Meseches Derech Eretz, all these little Mesechtas that, that I, I assume uh, only if, if you know Shas, Pavli, Yerushalmi backwards and forwards, then you'll start learning those little Mesechtas. But uh, they're quoted here and there in, in Shas. Uh, but there is the beginning of um, Meseches uh, Smachos. Meseches Smachos is all about Hilchas Avelis. All about Avelis. from the Tanoim. So it's called Smachos, obviously, as a euphemism. Uh, the, the top, at the top of the page, Leading into Masechah Smachos, there's a brisa quoted there. And our first question is going to be, what is this brisa doing here at the beginning of Masechah Smachos? I gave you the brisa in source number one. Right? It was in the middle of the night, Hashem smote the firstborns. Right? Makas Bacharos. Vaksiv, Kili, not for now, but why, why is it called uh, Tainus Bacharim and Makas Bacharos? Keep that in mind. Not for now. But um, so Makas Bachar takes place at midnight. Viksiv Kili Kol Bachar, and and it's, that's and that's why, why we discussed last week. Kachatzos Bachatzos, but says the Bryce. So Viksiv, but there's another pasuk that says Kili Kol Bachar. See, move over, move over and see. Right, Kili Kol Bachar, Biyoma Kol Another pasuk says that the day that I smote the firstborns. So the question is, ask the Brisa, the first Pasuk says that Makas Bacharis took place at midnight during the night, and the other Pasuk says, Bachar during the day. So is Makas Bacharis by daytime or by nighttime? So says the Brisa, Amr of Yochanan, even though Hashem smote them at midnight, He gave them a Makas Maves, He gave them the kiss of death, but they didn't die yet. But they basically were on their deathbed until the morning. Right, the mushal that if you give something to a child, you have to let the mother know. But I want the Jews to be able to see that these firstborns died, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu kept them alive until the next morning. And that's how... Both psukim could ring true. Hashem smote them at midnight, and they didn't die until the next morning. So the Bazaar could say, Makas Bacharis took place both by night and by day. Wonderful, wonderful brisa. 
What does this have to do with Hilchas Avelos? What does this have to do? This is stuff. This quote is quoted in a Gemara. Wonderful, beautiful. What is this doing as an introduction to Mesecha Smachos, which is all about Hilchas Avelos? So the Nachos Yaakov, one of the Achronim on the bottom, look on the bottom of the page there, uh, asked this question. Source number two on the left side. What's this doing here? As the introduction to this Mesechta. This is all about Halacha. Hilchas Avelos. This is just a nice Agadita. What does this have to do with the beginning of Hilchas Avelos? He says, I'll tell you a beautiful answer. Third line. First he quotes a Gemara in Sanhedrin Daflamites. He quotes it verbatim, so I didn't give it to you. Sanhedrin Daflamites of an Alf. Sha'al Haimina Rebbe Avahu. There was once a heretic, an Apikoris, that asked Rebbe Avahu the following question. Elokechem Kohenhu. Your God is a Kohen. How do I know that? Truma. Right? We gave Hashem Truma. Only a Kohen is Truma. So God must be a Kohen. So ask this Min, Ki cover the Moshe my Taval. So when he buried Moshe Rabbeinu, how did he go to the mikvah? Kohen has to do, right, uh, do service in the base of Megdash. So how did Kodesh Baruch Hu fit into the mikvah? Right, he's a, he's a Kohen. He was Matami himself when he buried Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, one of the four special mitzvahs that Kodesh Baruch Hu did. Right, the Gemara Sota says he was Kovar Mesim, Albash Arumim, right, Biker Cholim, and Birech Nicham Avelim. Right, so he goes to the four mitzvahs, then to the first parak. So how did Kodesh Baruch Hu, where did he, where did he go into a mikvah? And if you want to say he had some place with water, Haksiv Mi Mada B'Shalomayim, Kodesh Baruch Hu can't fit into any water. He can't fit into any water. Amar Lei, Sir Bebo answers Benura. He was tovel in fire. Went into fire. Dechsev ki ine Hashem ba'ish yavo. Misalkat vilusa. Does it work in fire? What do you mean? Don't you need a mikvah? You need water. Amar lei no adarabah. Rebbe said no. Fire is even better. Why? Iker tvilusa benurahu. The iker tvilus with fire. Dechsev as it says. Kol shalo yavo ba'ish tavir ba'mayim. It's talking about hagala, not really tvila. But either way, the Gemara. Um, I have to give a little Gemara a little flexibility there in the uh, in the Agadita. So fire, the Kodesh Baruch Hu was told himself in fire. Wonderful. Asks Tosfos one minute. Why did Apikoros ask him how which mikvah did he use? The Apikoros should have asked him how did he become tummy in the first place. Cohen's not allowed to become tummy. So why did the men ask him that kasha? Tosfos. Tosfos there answered words underlined because what Tosfos hello kasha The men didn't ask him heich nitma. How did he become tummy in the first place? Why? Do Yisrael nikru banim lamako? Because we are children of Hashem, and for the seven relatives, you're allowed to. You're even a mitzvah to be for going to become tamei. So that's why the Apikaris didn't ask how did he, how did Hashem become tamei in the first place? He was allowed to. They were were his children, right? So that's why when he buried Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, the child, the poster child, right? Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why Kodesh Baruch Hu was was um, became tamei for Moshe Rabbeinu. So now the Nachlas Yaakov comes in. So now we get to the plague of the firstborns, right? What do we say in the Haggadah? himself came and killed the Egyptians. They're not his kids. So how was he Matami himself? How did Kaddish Baruch Hu go kill the firstborns himself? Okay, to teach him a lesson, but still, right? The whole assumption, by the way, of this vart is that Kaddish Baruch Hu is held to the standards of the Torah. Which we have find elsewhere, but he says, "Ah, how can he be mitami himself?" Tachsiv, Hashem hika kol b'char shehu ba'atzmo b'chvodo he misotam kidrashas hamagid. Right, like the magid, ani Hashem below ashliach imkin kasha kushis atosus hechti me'atzmo. Fine for Moshe Rabbeinu because he was a child of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But what about for the makas b'charim? 
So Tosa doesn't answer that. But Tosa doesn't ask that. Says the Nachos Yaakov, now we understand everything. Why? Because what's the first line of Meseches Machos? Before we get into all of Hilchas Avelos, the first line I gave it to you on the right side. Hagoseis harehu Somebody on their deathbed is treated like somebody who's alive. If somebody's about to die and you make them die five seconds earlier, Yechayev Misa. Kill them. Ritzicha. Hastening somebody's death. A Goseis is alive. A Goseis doesn't yarshin, um, isn't Moorish to his kids yet. A Goseis doesn't cause Yibam to take place yet. Somebody's a Goseis, he's alive. He could, he, he could cause his wife to eat Shuma even if they don't have kids. He's totally alive. And then the next halacha is, but once he dies, Hilchas Avelos kick in, and then the whole message is about Hilchas Avelos. But what's the first pasik? Until a person dies, he's alive. So what do we have? What's the Brysa leading up? The Mitzrayim didn't die until the next morning. Kaddish Baruch Hu hit them, Makas Bechoros. But for the next six hours, they didn't die yet. So Kaddish Baruch Hu would never metami himself. Right? Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't hit them. He, he left before they died. He left before they died. That's the Hakdama. This proves, this story proves that Kaddish Baruch Hu was allowed to do it. Why was he allowed to do it? Because they weren't, they weren't dead yet. And a Goseis is high. This story proves that the fact that Kaddish Baruch Hu was allowed to do it proves that Goseis Harik Kachai Lechotvarev. And that's why it's a Hakdama, says the Nachos Yaakov, to Meseches Smachos. I don't usually have a Nachos Yaakov in the Shir. Nachos Yaakov is the Nesivas, the, the, the has a on Chumash also. The Nachos Yaakov, I don't think this is Riyakam Yilisa, but I don't think this is his. Okay, this is how we start Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Beginning of the Parsha, now if we go, those of you who have a Chumash, there's more Chumashim here, feel free if you, if you need one. Beginning of the Parsha, of course, we have the last three Makos, first seven, and then the last three in this parsha says, "Hakadosh Baruch I'm going to harden Paro's heart." So we have a uh, focus in the past a little bit. We have to more at some point about the hardening of Paro's heart. the Chuva. But in the parsha, "Bo Paro, go to Paro, because I will harden his heart." We'll want the Sabbath Why? So that your children are able to tell over everything that happened. So Moshe and Aaron go to Paro. As we as we know that the Levium were not in the Shibud. Right? Everybody else is doing backbreaking labor and Moshe and Aaron are just walking freely, in and out, in and out. Nobody says a word to them. So obviously they, they had they had freedom. So they go to Paro, how long are you not gonna be succumb under a Kadashbarhu Shalacha maybe Avduni? Send us out because we want to go serve our God, and if not, I'm gonna send you locusts. I'm gonna send you our bet. So it says Paro. It says the avadim to Paro. Pasuk Zayin. Vayomer avdei Paro leilav and masa yezalon lemokesh. It's the first time they had the avadim get into the act. Paro, let them go already. Enough already. Let them go. Shalachet anashim. We don't want more makos. We've had seven already. The avduos Hashem lokehem. Right. Keep this in mind for later. For what? 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 Uh, for the 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 uh, roots of civil disobedience is already starting right here. Where the avadim already saying, let him out. We'll get back to that. And what happened? So Paro sends a message to Moshe and Aaron, El Paro, Vayomer Alehem, Luchu Ibdua Hashem Alokechem. Okay, Miva Miyahochem. Who's going? Who are you taking? Vayomer Moshe. Moshe says, everybody. Ben Arenu Vizkanenu Nelech. With our young, with our old. Bivanenu, Vivnosenu, Bisonenu, Vivkarenu. Our sons, our daughters, our sheep, our cattle. Kichag Hashem Lanu. It's Yantif. Gotta make a Yantif. Vayomer Alehem. Paro says, come on. He can Hashem Ali Bachem Kashar Ashalach Hazemes. That's Tapchem. I'll let you go. But Pasuk Yedalef Lo Kain Luchu Na Gvarim. 
The, who, why does everybody have to go? Just go with the men. Who gives Karbanas? Let the men go. Kiyosatem Mavakshim. And Paro says, enough already. And Paro sends it out. Ask the Klayakar three questions on these two psalms. Classic Klayakar. Darshan par excellence. Chief Rabbi of Prague after the Maharal. Says the Klayakar, looking back to Pasik. Let's look at the Psukim again for a minute. Pasik Ches. So Paro sends the first message. Miva miyahochim. Who's going? What's miva mi? Miyahochim. Who's going? What's miva mi? Who and who? Number two. Miva mi tell who? Yelhu, right? Yelhu, right? What do you mean holchem? Holchem is present tense. Who's going? Who will go? So number one, what's the double wash and mivami? And number two, what's what's holchem? And then continuing, Vayera Moshe, continuing the, the next pasuk, Bin Arenu v'Skenenu Nelech, Bivanenu v'Nasenu b'Sani v'Krenu Nelech. Extra word in there. Why did the Torah just say Bin Arenu v'Skenenu, Bivanenu v'Nasenu b'Sani v'Krenu Nelech? You have two Nelechs in that pasuk. As if Moshe is trying to break something up. We're going to go, and we're going to go. Ben Nelech, right? Two, two Nelechs. And finally, ask the Klayakar, which we'll see inside in a second. How does Moshe say, we all have to go, ki chag Hashem lanu. It's a chag for us. Who else is it for? So you chag for you? We don't celebrate Egyptian holidays. Ki chag Hashem. Chag Hashem. Ki chag Hashem lanu. What's the emphasis? These are all the questions that the Klayakar asks, right? In source number three, Rav Shlomo Ephraim Lentchitz. Right? One me is enough. Vaod ha hochim lashen hove ena mesyashev. Hochim lashen hove present. Ki ayol lo mar mielech mash belahaba. Ki hochim mash belah hochim achshav. Hochim sounds like who's going now? What do you mean who's going now? Who will go? They didn't leave yet. Surely one is extra. And the fourth question. already says, make for me a yantif. So I mean lanu, right? It's 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 Lashem, not lachem. So what exactly is the message here? That what is the conversation that is going on between? Paro and Moshe, it seems to be more than meets the eye. It says the Klayakar, line 13. Let me explain all these fakas. Paro was not really asking who's going. It wasn't a question. He basically decreed. And he assumed. Obviously, only the men are, should go. Right? What the children give sacrifices? Only the men should go. Va'amar, and what does Paro say? Go serve your God. Go look around the world, Moshe. Phrase from the Gemara. Go out and sh- look what nations do. Who goes to the services? Who sacrifices? Who sacrifices these days? That's the present tense. So what Paro is not saying, who's, he's not really asking Moshe who's going. Paro is telling Moshe, look around the world. Who goes and sacrifices? What is mivami? Look to the right and look to the left. 
Look all over the world, Moshe. Look at all the places where people give sacrifices. Miva me, look this way, look that way. Miva me, ha holchim, presence. Why present? Who go- now? Look who goes around to give sacrifices. Who goes around? So Paru knows what Moshe is going to ask. He already said it. They want everybody. So Paru, so Moshe, Paru says, Moshe, come on. Be honest with me. You're going to sacrifice? So take the men. Those are the only ones that sacrifice. Look here, look there. Presently, who goes? So Moshe also has a deeper answer. What does Moshe say? Middle of line 18. No, we got to go with our young and with our old. Right, Nelech, we said, was extra. Right, what do you need them for? Line 20. There's something deeper going on here, says the Klayakar. End of line 21. You want us to go like everybody else in the world goes. But we're not going to. We're going with young and old. Don't compare our going with everybody else's going. You are Holchim and our Nelech, the twain do not meet. Even though, generally, who goes? Just the fathers, just the men. We all go. Our whole family goes. Our young, our old, the husbands, the wives. Why? Continue the Pasuk. Because Yantif is about all of us. Meaning what? Why do all the other nations bring sacrifices? It's all about just bringing the sacrifices. That's where it ends. There's no experience. There's no yuntif. There's no getting together. Mikra Kodesh, as we spoke about on Shabbos. You bring a sacrifice, that's it. So that's not what we do. That's the Holchim. You're right, the Karbanus are Chag Hashem. But we have a Lonu element. We have Simchas Yantif. We have the experience of Yantif. What does that mean? It's all about us. It's all about getting together. And look at this beautiful line now. The Yadua, and it is known, Shein Simchas Ha'adam Shlema, a person is not fully happy, Besimcha, Ki in Bizman She'ishto'u Bana V'chal Kinyanavimo. Unless the whole family is together, and all his possessions, and everything's there. Ki Eich Yashir Ashir Hashem Aladmas Nechar. Playing off of Tehillim. V'ishto'u Bana V'kinyanavimo Tunim B'Eravon Ba'ado. If not everybody's together, there's something lacking. Yontif is about families being together. Yontif is about going home, right? Many Talmidim, even if they're in Eretz Yisrael for the whole year, you know, many times they go home for Pesach. Why do they go home for Pesach? Because the Seder is time for everybody to be together. I'm not saying everybody should go home. I'm going to stay for the Seder. It's wonderful. You can find your places. But why? Because it's about family. Kichav Hashem Lanu. Lanu is the key. 
Vehasharui below each, Sharui below Simcha, etc. Vlakachamar, we just didn't answer one question. What about the two Nelechs? Vlakachamar, based on the Nelech, Lasos, base Chalukos, Vehahochim. Kinarenu, Vizkenenu Nelech, Laavod. Buonenu, Vinosenu, Yelchulushem Simcha. You're right, Binarenu, Vizkenenu. The older boys and the men, they'll go. They'll go over Binkarbanis. But remember, we got everybody else also involved. Got everybody else also involved. And that's why it says Moshe Rabbeinu to Paro, you don't understand. You don't understand what Yantif is about. You believe in Chagim, in sacrifices, but you don't have a Lanu element. You don't have Simchas Yantif, and that's what we're all about. That's the double Miva Mi, look around. Miva Mi and Holchen, the two kashas on, on Paro's statement, and then those are the two kashas on Moshe's statement, and that is the, um, the uh, Tunelechs and the Chag Lashem. Chag Lashem, Lanu. Okay. There is a big philosophical question continuing in the Makos, which uh, my Talmidim uh, here will uh, remember we discussed a few a few months ago, and that is Makas Choshech. Come to Makas Choshech, right towards the end of the Makos experience, and as we know, Chazal tell us it was thick, very thick darkness, so thick that one couldn't even move. This wasn't just pitch black. There was something there. So it's a fascinating discussion discussed by the Rishonim here and then spilling over into the Achronim. What is darkness? What is Choshech? And the Ramban even starts us off. There are two ways you can look at darkness. And that is, is darkness a real... Oh, say it the other way first. Just the absence of something? Darkness is the absence of light. There's no light. Hashem has one creation. Or, when there's no or, there's a vacuum. There's an absence. So there's darkness. But it's not that Hashem created darkness. It's not a bria b'fneatzma. Or do you say, no. No, choshech is a creation. Like we say every morning, yotzer or vore choshech. It's based on the Pasuk. So should we take that literally? Bore choshech? Or not? Rov Rishonim, hold of the first approach. Where would you look for this? Where would you look to know what Choshech is? So two places in the Torah where the, the Rishonim discuss it. Where would it be? Well, we'll get one we gave away because we're about to talk about it. One is Parshas Bo, and the other one is Parshas Bracious. Those are two places where they discuss it. The Ramban there and here. So the Ramban, we didn't have a Shia Bracious. We started a Lechlecha. Right, so the, uh, says the Ramban right here. On the bottom, nobody saw their brother and nobody moved. The darkness by Makas Choshech wasn't just a lack of a lack of uh, of uh, light. It wasn't regular nighttime. Regular nighttime says the Ramban is just an absence of light. This darkness was something else. Avalhaya Choshech Afela Klomar Aid of Maod Sheyarim Min Hashemayim. It was a thick fog that came down from heaven. Ki Alkein Amar Netiyat Chol Hashemayim. Right? What did Moshe do? He was commanded, put your hands to the heavens. Something came down. It wasn't that he just flipped the switch. Something came down. Lahorid Misham Chashecha Gedolon Nofelas Alayim to bring down the darkness. Vahaisa Mechabe Kol Ner. This darkness put out any candle. Usually a candle lights up. You light a candle in a dark room, it gives light. The darkness by Makas Choshech was a real creation. 
It was a positive darkness that you couldn't light a candle because the darkness overtook the light. He says, just like Ramban says, you find in deep caves. You try to light a candle in a deep cave, sometimes the candle goes out. You can't light it. That's why this dark... You, right, you might ask, what do you mean it was dark, so why couldn't they get up? The answer is because it, it wasn't just a lack, like most darkness. Why don't they just light candles? It was dark. Now the point was, this was different. It wasn't just the absence of light. And it could be, says the Ramban, that it was a very thick fog. And it was tangible. You can even feel it. Like Chazal say, and even quotes one line, I didn't give it to you. The Ebenezer says, the Ebenezer here is one line of Choshech. He says, I've been on boats in the Atlantic Ocean and I know what the Choshech HaMachas Bechorus was. That's what he writes. Imagine being on a boat in the middle of nowhere and the thick fog just comes in. You can feel it. It's tangible. That's what he writes. The Amokiyan, it's the Atlantic Ocean. Says the uh, the Ramban, this darkness was a creation. This was a bria. Generally, it's not. The Svarno as well holds like this. Um, the Ramban, also he says it in source number five, line five. Ki amnam where it's underlined. Choshechalayla hu avir muchulaban lekabel or. Usually, darkness of night is air that it's possible to accept or. Vuhu chashuk beheder haor bilvad. Every night time, usually chashuch is just a lack of light. This darkness was 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 a positive creation. And that's why next pasuk doesn't work. The Ramban, the Svarno, and Rov Rishonim hold this way that darkness in general is just an absence of light. It didn't create nighttime. Night is just an absence. That's why you can light a candle. That's why you can turn on a light. Right? That's what, but uh, it's not a creation. Who argues on this? The Gra. The Vilna Gon, he's allowed to argue on the Rishonim. Right? So the, uh, the Gra in Swarth number 6, in the, uh, the Pathini Mishulchan Gra, I gave it to you, but it's from earlier, other Svarim. Um, the Gra says that, no, he thinks Choshech is a Bria, like it says in the Navi, Yotzer Oravar Choshech. And other Gemaras. Not having a whole shear on Choshech now, but there are various Gemaras, the Gemaram Sachem Dabbeis, which is where it came up in uh, my shear this year, and uh, and others. Um, you know, it sounds like Choshech might be a Bria. Either way, I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, again, this could be related to, you know, the uh, evil. Is evil a creation? Or is it just the absence of good? Right? The Pasuk says in Eicha, Mipi Elyo Motetze Haraus Vahatov. And as a Machlokas we show him, is that a statement or is that a question? Of course, good and bad comes from Hashem. Everything comes from Hashem. Or statement: There's no bad from Hashem. There's only good and lack of good. Look at the look at the gross kadolos on on Echa. So again, this is something. Whenever you have a negative, you have to ask: Is there is it just the flip side of the positive, or it is something a creation itself? Okay, that's the philosophy for the night. Let's continue now with a major thesis of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Which might have come up, I think, in the daf a couple of months ago, and I said uh, we're going to do a parsha's bow. He cannot. This is too major of a of a uh, of a thesis. 
So we know the first mitzvah given to Bnei Yisrael nationally, Rashi already at the beginning of the Torah points out, he asks, why did the Torah start here? Perak Yud is supposed to be the start of the Torah, the first mitzvah given to Am Yisrael. What's the purpose to brash, from Brashis to, to, to Bo? So Rashi deals with that in Parshas Brashis. But Achodesh is Alachem. Says the Ramban. It's a long Ramban. The Rabbi Yaakov just quotes a piece of it in Source 7. What does it mean this is your months? The Amru, Chazal said, Shemos Chadashim Alu Imanu Mi Bavel. When Bnei Yisrael came back to Eretz Yisrael after the first Galus, Galus Bavel, after the 70 years, after the story of Purim, they come back to Eretz Yisrael, they kept the names of the months from Persia. Remember, it was Galus Bavel, but then it switched towards the end to, to Persia. That's what the Purim story, the end of the 70 years. Persia's in there somewhere. Um, so the Ramban says, quotes Chazal, that when Bnei Yisrael went back to Eretz Yisrael, after the 70 years, they kept the names Nisan, Yersiv, and Tammuz of. All the Babylonian names. In the Torah, all it says is Chodesh HaRishon, Chodesh HaSheni, Chodesh HaShlishi. Why? To remind us, says the Ramban. Why did we keep the names? To remind us, oh, Hashem took us out from there. They kept those, 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 um, the diaspora names to remember where they used to be. To remind us that Hashem brought us back. Nowhere in Tanakh do you find those names. Right? You find Iyar called Chodesh Ziv. You find a few nicknames to some, some months. But generally you don't have separate months. So the Nisan Yer Sivan were all non-Jewish names given to the months, the lunar months, and they were brought back. And Ramban says, oh, to remind us. It says of Yaakov, come on. They come back to Eretz Yisrael. They're about, they're building Bayashani. They're starting all afresh and anew. You had to keep those names. It's got to be something deeper. It's got to be something deeper. On line, on line 10. What are they doing? Right? We mentioned it in Drusha last week. Wasn't one of the reasons that Bayashani were redeemed from Mitzrayim was Shaloshinu Eslashonam? They didn't change their language. Now on every check, they're going to have to write Nisan. Right here, so what if it's, it's so so common? Tammuz is a god. Right, so what what uh, what what's the what's the message? So everything. So what's going on here? What's the message? Let me just ask some of the other questions that he asks later on that he just says, and this fits in and that fits in and that fits in, but we're gonna ask that some questions. We know the Talmud Bavli was written in Aramaic. Right, so we have to break our teeth, break our heads, figuring it out. So why was it written in Aramaic? Because that was the vernacular. That was Bavel. Let's turn it off. Right, but what about the Talmud Yerushalmi? What language was the Talmud Yerushalmi written in? Also Aramaic. Also, it's a harder. It's an Aramaic that we're not used to. Also Aramaic. It was written in Eretz Yisrael. Asks Rabbi Yochanan, all the, all the, uh, the, the Amoraim. Why was it written in Aramaic? He spoke Hebrew. Right? It was Eretz Yisrael. They weren't speaking uh, Aramaic. Talmud Bavli, fine. Why was Talmud Yerushalmi written in Aramaic? Second question. Why did they keep the names? Why was it written in Aramaic? Second question. Um, let's leave it at that. Let's see what Rabbi Yaakov says. Next column. The Hekdem Mashiach Lahavin, Hadi Isa Biyoma. 
We'll start off with the Gemara in Yuma, During Bayesheni, there were five special items or events that were missing. The Aaron wasn't there. Shlomo HaMelech foresaw, not Yoshio HaMelech foresaw that there was going to be a Chorban Abayas. That's why he built a special pro, a secret chamber underneath the Kodesh Kodashim. And already, before the Chorban, he already hit the Aaron there. Already hit the Aaron. The Aaron is there to Adayam Azeh. Adayam, why is there Kedusha? Because the Aaron's there. The Aaron gives a Kedusha. The Aaron is under the Kodesh Kodashim Bizman Azeh. That's what we believe. So there was no Aaron there by Shem. Imagine walking into the Kodesh Kodashim, it was empty. It was entered during Bayasheni. So the Aaron wasn't there, and the Urmatumim, and the Aish, and the Shechina. The Gemara says in Yuma that the, the there were some Zakanim that came back from, from Bavel for Bayasheni, and they remembered the first base of Megdash. So while everybody else was celebrating, they were busy crying. The Gemara says, because they remember what it used to be. This is a base of Megdash. This is a base of Megdash. So everybody else like, this is what we have. we got to deal with it. But they were crying. So there were five things missing. Right? Why did they have an aron? Because it was missing. It wasn't there. There was one coin doing the avod, and all of a sudden he saw there was one tile on the floor of the base of Midas that was lifted up. And what happened? And he said, Oh, I bet I know what's under there. And all of a sudden he drops dead. So it says the Mishnah Shkalim. It says of Yaakov, obviously, Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't want the Aaron in the base of Mikdash during Bayasheni. Because this coin was about to tell everybody where it was. So it wasn't just that they couldn't find it. They weren't meant to find it. Why weren't they meant to find it? Kodesh Baruch Hu gave him back a base of Mikdash. Give him back the Aaron. What was the point? He ran to tell his friend, I just found the spot where the... Oh. That's it. And they knew he found the Aaron. That's why he died. He died. So they knew where the iron was, or they, they theoretically, but Akkadish Baruch didn't want them to find out. What is going on here with Bayashani? Why did they keep the uh, the names? Why did they write the Talmud Yerushalmi in Aramaic? Why doesn't the Bayashani have this? Nireh, here's the key. Line 17. She'oli bavel. She'banu at the Bayashani. The oli bavel that went to build Bayashani. Yadu ki lozeh ha'ben yashayamu lo'olamim. Bizman Bayashani, says Rabbi Yaakov, they knew... This bias was not to be eternal. Bias Rishon could have been eternal, but they messed it up. They sinned. Bias Shani, even when they built it, there was a Mesora that this was not going to be the final destination. What was the purpose of Bias Shani, even they knew? Was to give us Chizuk. We need this bias as a temporary structure in order to give us Chizuk for the next couple thousand years. We can't just go into the long Gullus right now until the ultimate Beis HaMikdash, which ended up being the Shlishi. But really, it was the Shani. It was just to prepare the people for the long Gullus. They should have left, stayed in... They should have run him back. They should have just stayed in Gullus and brought him back by the ultimate Gullus, which we're waiting for. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw we wouldn't make it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that if we just stayed in Gullus... We would never come back. We wouldn't be able to... We needed a little... We had to be. We had to recharge our batteries a little bit before we went into Gaulus. We would just be on empty. Forget it. We were losing ourselves. And it was clear. 
If we would stay in Golis for thousands of years, we wouldn't be able to keep our identity. Hashem wouldn't have anybody to redeem. So HaKadosh Baruch said, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. I'll give you another Beis HaMikdash. But it's not an ultimate Beis HaMikdash. You're not going to have an Arun. You're not going to have Kruvim. You're not going to have Urim Batumim. And they knew this. They knew this was all about a chizuk from HaKadosh Baruch Says, says the Ramban, they kept their Persian names because they were still in Galus. They realized this was still Galus. Says Rabbi Yaakov, that's why they kept their names. That's why, says Rabbi Yaakov, it was Rabbi Yochanan wrote the Talmud Yerushalmi in Aramaic. Right? They were back in Eretz Yisrael, but it wasn't. It wasn't a geula. It wasn't a geula. It was a. It was a time to recharge our spiritual batteries to give us chizik for the rest of history until the geula ha'asida. Yeah. Are we going to change the names by Moshe Mashiach? Maybe we're going to go back to Chodesh Rishon, Chodesh Sheni, Chodesh Lishi, like the Torah says. The Torah didn't give him names. What about days of the week? Do we have days of the week? No. Sunday, Monday. Sun, the moon. Right? Well, these are wonderful. Yom Rishon L'Shabbos, Yom Sheni L'Shabbos, Yom Shlishi L'Shabbos. We do it for the week, so we can do it for the months too. So says the Rabbi Yaakov, that's why they kept Babylonian uh, connections to, to them. That is also why even says in brackets, this helps, gives us a deeper appreciation of the nace of Hanukkah. Right? Hanukkah in the middle of Bayashani. The Gemara says Hanukkah is Sofani, uh, Esther Sofanisa and Hanukkah, the Gemara talks about. But the message of Hanukkah also, Kaddish Baruch Hu had to give us a little shot in the arm to get us through Gullus. What's Hanukkah? Hanukkah is about a little light in the middle of darkness. You have a little candle. It's so chashuch. It's all yavan. Right, so that's what, that, the message of Hanukkah is the message for Golas is the message of Bayashani, right? To give us a little light to get us through the darkness. That's the nace of Hanukkah, right? You look well, throughout the winter, right? We mentioned this year, the first day of Hanukkah this year it worked out perfectly. Was the first? It was the it was the equinox. It was the longest night. The first day of Hanukkah, we lit the candles. The longest night, the most darkness of the year, and that's the nair of Hanukkah. The nair of Hanukkah lights it up. And he even says at the end, the last paragraph, he says, according to this, you could also understand La line twenty in the middle column. Navin davar tamor b'seder anavim. In the seder of the Nevi'im, you also understand something that's unusual. Shari nevuas chagai. Right, one of the treyasar. The nevu of chagai. Hamis yacheses beruba al binyan by yesheni neemro laachar nevuas yacheskel. I'm a veseres lano alos binyan by yeshlishi. Chagai's by yesheni nevuas were given after yacheskel's by yeshlishi nevuas. Why does that make sense? before do it one at a time by the way just Derek Agav Rabbi Yaakov was a Bucky B'Tanach you see from his writings he was a Bucky Bucky Mufla B'Tanach Bucky Mufla in diktuk and grammar you know all the Rabbi Yaakov spoken to people Rabbi Yaakov he always has great varts but he also has like grammar oh he skipped that skip those it's like the, the grammar Rashi's What's Rashi? Rashi's talking about a malupum and uh, these other, uh, right, a cholam and all these. Oh, we skip those Rashi's. Lush and Kaved, Lush and this. Yeah, let me go to the next one. I'll get back to the stories. Right? So, but R- R- Rashi, Rabbi Yaakov was a Bucky. Bucky's calling Chagai. 
know, we know, we know Chaga. One of the betrayers are. He knew Chaga. Right, so it says Chagai. What about Yisheni? Madun is Tava Yechazal by Shlishi. Call them Chagai by Yisheni. Why? Because really, after Bayis Rishon, what's the next bias? Bayis Shlishi is really the next bias. That's what we're looking forward to. That's the ultimate. That's what we have the details of. Bayis Shlishi was a little stopping point. That was a rest stop on the highway. You don't. You know, so that comes afterwards. Bayis Shlishi was the ultimate goal. After that, Bayis Shlishi came up. You know, you're gonna have to build it, but you know, but it was really, it was really just a resting stop. Related to this, there's a fascinating ha'ara, the footnotes in the Rabbi Yaakov, which again was put together by um, Rabbi Neustadt, actually. All the uh, the daily halachic, uh, daily halachic no- reader and the monthly and the uh, and the weekly. Those beautiful svarim, halachic svarim from Cleveland, Rabbi Neustadt. So he um, he put together the uh, Rabbi Yaakov, Emesli Yaakov ala, ala on Chomish. So in the notes he says, relating to this, Od Hosef Rabbeinu, look at the fifth line in the middle. Rabbi Yaakov said on a number of occasions, regarding this, the, using this idea, we also have to understand, the Hakama of the State of Israel. After the great Rahman al Islam Khurban of the Holocaust, and the yeish and despondency and the giving up of the Jewish people after the Khurban. And after what happened in World War One and everything that was happening in the world at large, the Jews were so downtrodden. HaKadosh Baruch had to give him a shot in the arm. HaKadosh Baruch had to give him some chizak. It's okay, I'm with you. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, just like there was a, Rabbi Yaakov says, and only Rabbi Yaakov can say such a thing, Kodesh Baruch Hu, just like there was a Bayesheni, because Bnei Yisrael wouldn't have been able to survive at that time had they not gotten something positive in their life. So too, in our generation, after the greatest tragedy in the history of the Jewish people, quantitatively and qualitatively, the greatest, we've had many tragedies, but the greatest quantitatively and qualitatively, Kodesh Baruch Hu had to give us something to say, I'm still with you. Stay with you and take chizik. That's the Hakamas Hamadina in the eyes of Rabbi Yaakov. Okay, let's continue. Next thought I've mentioned um, one of the years in a Haggadah year, but it's uh, it's related to this to this week's parsha, and uh, we will mention it. Interesting minog quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, source number ten. I think we all have this minog that the Ramah quotes. The Yesh Omrim Sheishlomo Shvochamascha Vechulu Kodem Lolanu. After the after we eat at the Seder night, we say Shvochamascha. We say the second half of Halal. Vilaftalach Adelas. And we open the door. Lel Shimurim. It's a guarded night. And because of this, Emunah Mashiach is going to come and be Shofei Hamasa on on all of the uh, the nations that want to destroy us. Shvuch Hamascha, wonderful. We open the door. By the way, the uh, right, the uh, the post can say, oh, so you don't have to say a mapil. You don't have to say a mapil. It's a guarded night. No, the post can say you don't have to say the three pages of a mapil. You still have to say the bracha and shema. Right, that you have to say. Oh, you don't, you don't want to say Ashkivenu tonight. You don't want to say Baruch Hashem Yom, Baruch Hashem Alayla, Adon Alam. Okay, you can leave all that out. The, the, the bracha you say. That's Lel uh, Shimurim. Asks the Ber Yosef. Yosef Misalant. It's a Lel Shimurim, right? It's a garden night. So why do we open the door at the end of the Seder? Open it at the beginning of the Seder. Have the whole Seder with an open door. Yeah, well, it would also answer the question of who are we inviting in Halach Ma'anya with our door closed? 
My girl's answer that. So open the door at the beginning of the Seder and have the Seder with the door open. It's in the spring. It's not so cold. Well, love Shimurim. So love Shimurim. So why do we have to open it after the meal? After we eat the Afikoman, the whole thing's finished. Says the Bear Yosef, it's exactly opened up after the Afikoman for a specific reason. Why? Let's read what he says. Quotes a Gemara. Quotes a Gemara. Second column. Line five. Vahuba Gabar Psachem Daf Pehe. Amru. Gagin Vaalios Lotus Kachu. The Gemara holds that we know the Karim Pesach is an example of Kadshe Kalam. It's an example of a carbon shlamin. Kadshe Kalam. That Kadshe Kalam are eaten in the whole city of Yerushalayim. What's that like? Eaten in the whole city of Yerushalayim. Could they be eaten on the roofs? Could they be eaten on the, let's say you're walking on the walls? Right. Are you allowed to eat the carbon Pesach up there? Are you allowed to eat carbon Shlamim up in the air? On the top of the walls that are higher than the walls of Yerushalayim? So Allah says no. Gagin va'alios lo kashu. The roofs and the alios, the upper stories, do not have Kedushas ear Yerushalayim. you got to eat it downstairs. you got to eat it in your house. Umakshe asks the Gemara, what do you mean? Lo kashu. V'yama rab mishur ebichia kizesa pischa v'halel yapaka igra. Rabbi Chia says, a kezayis of the Pesach and Hallel, you break the roof! We need these to go up onto the roofs and sing, and the whole Yerushalayim, imagine the entire Yerushalayim, everybody on the roofs singing Hallel to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What we yearn and daven for. Imagine that, that uh, you know, you think, like hearing two of your neighbors singing Zmiris in the sukkah or something. Right? Imagine the whole city of Yerushalayim singing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hallel on the roofs. So the Gemara says, so the Rav Chia says, what do you mean? The Gemara says that they went up to the roof. So the Gemara says, my lab da achli be'igra v'ami be'igra. Doesn't that, doesn't Rav Chia mean that they, that they have the have Seder on the roof? They ate their common Pesach on the roof and they sent Hallel. Umatari, the Gemara says, no. Achli ba'ara v'ami be'igra. No, they, they ate downstairs. Because that's where the Kedusha of Yerushalayim was. You have to eat the common Pesach downstairs. Then they went up to the roof afterwards. So they had to eat the common Pesach downstairs. Because Aliyus v'gagan lo kachu, they didn't have kedusha; it wasn't sanctified. Because of marsha b'chedushi agados, we shouldn't have a kezayis pischa ha'yoochlin ha'merubin. The marsha even adds because many people were involved. V'hayetzar lahem ha'makom b'yeshivas habayis b'shas achila. Remember, all the Jewish people were eating karm pesach yishalayim. It was pretty stuffy in all those houses. It was packed, and especially by karm pesach. You know, sometimes other people are in the kitchen. You're on the you're on the you're on the couch relaxing. But when it comes to the karm pesach. Everybody's got to take get a kezayis. So it was pretty stuffy in there. So it was probably, says the Bear Yosef, common that people just wanted to get out. Right after they ate it, they went up to the roof, get some air. And that's why they saw hollow on the roofs. That's what the Marshal says there. So says the um, Bear Yosef now on the bottom of 20, line 20. I'm sorry, I skipped a makar that I wanted to mention. Um, says the, um, did, did I quote it here? I didn't quote it, let's just continue. Everybody was very careful when they ate the current Pesach. Everybody's very careful when they were eating the current Pesach not to eat it outside. You couldn't eat it up top. You couldn't eat it outside. You had to eat it in your house. That was the love of Karim Pesach. The part that I skipped just quoted that people were very careful about this. Says the Bar Yosef. Now let's get back to our question. It's possible to understand. You know what they probably did in those days? They probably closed the door to make sure nobody went out until after they ate the Karim Pesach. 
they didn't want anybody to go out and eat it. Not only is there no kedusha there, but what's the halacha if you bring a carbon outside his proper place? It's possible mishum yotze. It's possible you're not allowed to bring a carbon outside of its proper place. So it's very possible that the Yosef they probably closed the doors until everybody ate, and then they went up to the roof. And then they opened the doors and they went up because everybody was stuffed inside and then they went up to the roofs to say Hallel. So says the Bar Yosef, that's exactly what we do. We have the door closed through Afikomen, through the Zecher to the Karban Pesach because that's what they used to do in the olden days. They dafka ate it downstairs even though it's a Shimurim, but this is what they did. Right after the Karban Pesach they opened the doors and they opened it up. Lel Shimurim who? Because that's what they did, Bisman Hamikdash. That's where they went up. Beautiful air. And the roofs got broken through. That's why also now we close the door. We dafka close the door. What was the question? Why do you might as well open it before? No, you might not as well open it before. Because it's dafka paralleling what we used to do in the olden days, closed until the end, and at the end we open it. He even says maybe that's what the Ramaz means. Because it's a lel shimurim. It's a lel shimurim. That's what it means. It means now it's a lel shimurim. Not dafka earlier. That's that's what the Bar Yosef says. Maybe that's that's what um, what is meant. Okay. Two final thoughts. Maybe one. We'll see what we have time for. Meshachachma. The Meshachachma, by the way, on Parsha's bow, I think is his, I can't say for sure, but at least in Rabbi Cooperman's edition, it's the most pages on any Parsha. A hundred pages on Parsha's bow. Right, I have a lot of footnotes there. But it's, it, Parsha's bow is huge. He has a lot to say on Parsha's bow. And if you want you probably do it. Sometimes he has a few pages on each Parsha. But Parsha's bow, it is, um, he is, uh, he has a lot to say. So says the um, Meshachachma. We were commanded to take the Seh, take the Shepsalah, to tie it to our bed on the 10th day of Nisan, even though we were not going to use it until the 14th day of Nisan. The 14th day of Nisan, right in the Torah, Erev Pesach is called Pesach. Pesach is called Chagamatzos. What we call Pesach is called Chagamatzos in the Torah, but Erev Pesach is called Pesach because that's the day of the Karban Pesach. And the question that is dealt with, and this is why, if we remember, that's why the um, uh, Shabbos Hagadol, one of the reasons it's called Shabbos Hagadol, because in, the, in that year, the 10th day of Pesach, the 10th day of Nisan was on Shabbos. That was the day they took the Pesach and they strapped it to their bed, and they went out four and a half days later on the night of Pesach, and that's why Shabbos Hagadol, because the day the great nace happened, the, the Mitzrayim didn't kill them when they took their animal. Which, by the way, this year is exactly how it was, Bizman Yisiyas Mitzrayim. This year the Seder was on a Wednesday night, which is exactly the night of Yisiyas Mitzrayim in the days of uh, the first Pesach, right? So this, this year Shabbos Hagadol is really Shabbos Hagadol. Right? Obviously we got Birch Sachama coming up too, but uh, be a busy, busy era of Pesach. So, says the Meshachachma, why is it, basically asking a question, why is it that we needed four days from the time that we took our sheep and we went out. Well, we need four days to check it for mum? doesn't sound that way. Why exactly do we need four days? And then we did nothing for four days. We got our sheep ready and then we waited. Says the Meshachachba. Ki ha fourth line. Hashgacha ratzdala asosam goy mitsuyen bini musaf. This is going to relate to a thought we said, Parshas Lechlecha from Rabbi Yaakov. But this is the Meshachachma. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to take us out of Mitzrayim. He wanted us to be a nation 
with manners. Nimusim, derech eretz. Ve'yiru'uyim lahanhaga misudera umisnaheges tachas giduleha. An orderly group of people, not a wild mob. Hashem didn't want us to be free. Oh, let's go, we're free! No, we weren't supposed to go out that way. Kodesh Baruch wanted us to be mesudar, orderly, following our leaders, following instructions and directions. We could have a muzzle on ourselves. Kodesh Baruch wanted us to be. Discipline. I don't know if that's the Meshachachma or by Cooperman, but either way, that's the. Uh, this is what he's trying to say. He wanted us to be disciplined. He wanted us to be orderly. Obviously, after 210 years, all Klai Yisrael wanted to get out. They saw what was happening. Makas Bacharis already occurred. They wanted it, uh, didn't actually not right. Four makas had occurred yet. They wanted the, the first nine makas had occurred yet. They were ready to get out. The Yada Hashem Yisbaraki Yamdu. This is what I referred to before. Kiyamdu Bechari Mitzrayim Ebrei Pachad Ebrei Moshe B'Shem Hashem Al Nafsho Sayem V'Yavo Moshe. What do you think happened after Moshe Rabbeinu told Paro, "You know what's going to happen next Wednesday night if you don't let us out? All your firstborns are going to die." What do you think happened in Mitzrayim? Right. Right. Regular business as usual? No! The Meshachach was, you know what must have happened? The firstborn probably went to Paro and said, let them out! Paro said, no, it's probably a civil war. What, you think they sat down calmly? It's probably a civil war was going on. Right? They probably went to battle with Paro's armies. They were probably, uh, you know, corpses all over Paro's palace. What, you think they were just sitting there? Oh yeah, I'm ready to die? Well, it didn't happen. By the way, it's one of the pshatim in what we say every Shabbos morning. He who smote the Egyptians with the firstborns. The firstborns themselves helped us out. So what was happening during this time? There was a civil war going on in Egypt. Would anybody have said, boo, the Jews left? Let's see you. Right? They probably would have said, wonderful, leave. Nobody would have stopped them. But you know what Meshachach says? That's the point. The point was, take these sheep before, four days before. They see and they hear their gods. There's amazing Chizkuni. The Chizkuni says, you know why you tied them up to the, to the bed? Because what's a goat going to do for four days being tied up to a bed? What's a goat going to do? It's going to go to sleep? It's going to bed the whole night. So imagine you're next door, the Egyptian's next door, and he hears his God, bah, right? Next t- and he says, Oh, my God is tied up to the Jew's bedpost. It's going to irk him. That's what the Chizkuni says. And that's why, says the Chizkuni, they had to roast the current Pesach whole. Right? Whole. Why whole? Because then the smell goes very far. We want this aroma to go into their nostrils. There's four or five Chizkunis in Parakid Bays, you can look it up, where he says every detail of Karim Pesach was to hurt the Mitzrayim. This is what we're doing. So it says the Meshachachma, you know why it was four days before? Because Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted to show the world and show ourselves that we can leave now, but we're not going to. We're waiting till we're told. We're waiting till the teacher lets us out. We're waiting because we're disciplined and that's what we're about. With all this, there was a civil war going on. But you know what? We're waiting. They will not leave. Because that's what Klaus is about. It's not just about following the dictates of the Torah, but it's about being mentioned, being orderly, being a Misudar nation. Right? And not like, just a contrast, 
what we had by the Moraglim, right? Where the the the, the Naarim went in front of the Zakane, not by the by the Eikam, by the Moraglim, by the Averis, Rashi quotes the beginning of Sefer Dvarim, that we all went beer buvia, right? We were all mixed up. No. Orderly. Zakanim, Naarim. You can even relate this to Moshe Rabbeinu, the past that we referred to earlier. Very orderly. Each group. Separately. Says the Meshachach, and that's what we needed four days. Because we're not, we weren't supposed to go out as an uh, as a happy mob, even though happy, we were going to go out as a misudar nation, under and after our leaders tell us to go. That's the Meshachachma. He continues also getting into some details of the current Pesach that, that relate to this, but this is this is what the Meshachachma suggests, and this is what we have to remember as we have Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Beth Hashem, rehabbing it every year, Parshas Bo, and uh, Beth Hashem, we should be Zochet to ultimately, uh, Rebekah says, the real next Pesach Megdash by Ishlish. Okay, do we actually have enough to